0: Welcome to Curate the Future, the podcast to help ambitious multi-passionates design and launch their new path. Insights and interviews with professional women who have changed careers, started businesses and conquered their inner roadblocks along the way. Inspiration and guidance to help you get clear on your dreams and get the confidence to go for it. My name is Sue and let's get to it. There is a cycle that runs our lives, one that's really important to be aware of. A few weeks ago, I talked about common cognitive distortions, distorted thoughts that we all have, and I wanted to couch that within this broader cycle. So whenever you feel a really big emotion, like anxiety, anger, frustration, really anything, it's easy for that emotion to grow and become bigger and bigger, especially the negative ones. Anxious feelings will lead to all-out total panic, anger grows into rage, or anger towards one person grows into a constant dislike for them. Frustration grows into a mix of disappointment and anger and hurt. And again, it's mostly the negative emotions, right? And it's really easy for those to spiral downwards and we get sucked into this like vortex of doom. And it's easy to feel sort of powerless in the face of these big emotions. They take over and it seems like all we can do is wait until they subside. So why am I talking about this as a career change coach? This definitely applies to to all of life and not just career change but it really matters because that kind of a goal, a career change is it's a big one. It triggers all kinds of feelings of imposter syndrome, doubt, anxiety, and it's a goal where big emotions are part of the picture to the point where they can entirely derail career change goals. So if you're if you're full of doubt, anxiety, fear, imposter syndrome, guilt, whatever, that's like glue just slowing you down on the road to a new chapter. They're they're normal, but they're not helping, right? So, we've got to figure out how to handle those big emotions so that they don't derail you. And we take for granted that these emotions are what they are, and we can feel at their mercy like they're totally running the show. And if they are, and they are if we don't get a hold of them. And that starts with being aware of where they come from and the role that they play. So, we've got this cycle your thoughts lead to your emotions, which lead to your actions, which lead to your results. Thoughts, emotions, actions, results. So let's take it uh, one at a time. Do you ever wonder where these emotions come from? Why you feel the way you do? When you get really anxious or worried or stressed out or angry about something, do you ever really wonder where it comes from? We could quickly say, like, yeah, it's because XYZ happened or because of XYZ, whatever, and we name some kind of external situation. But it's not just the situation, exactly, it's our thoughts about the situation. Because two people could have entirely different thoughts about the same situation. And that's how our thoughts lead to our emotions. So let's say somebody at work is being a jerk. If your thoughts and response are, Well, this is so unfair. He's such a jerk. Why is he always such a jerk? I'm right. He's wrong. My work isn't appreciated. You'll probably feel angry. Or if your thoughts are self-blaming, you'll think, well, he's right. I'm such an idiot. No wonder he's being a jerk to me. I deserve it. I can't do anything right. You'll be angry at yourself and feel anxious and self-hating. And if you think, well, he overreacted, but he's probably under a lot of stress and he had a point, but overall, I know I did a good job. You'll feel miffed, but your feelings won't escalate as much. And that third one, that third reaction is of the three, the healthiest of them all. It's the most balanced. And after we feel things, we generally act in accordance with how we feel, right? If we're angry, we find a way to lash out, whether it's overtly or passive-aggressively. Anxious or fearful, you'll avoid something. Self-blaming, you'll hold back in your actions. And our actions lead to our results, or lack of results. Not entirely, of course. There are usually lots of other things at play that affect our results, so it's not that you 100% control them but you do control your own part in those results, your own efforts. Here are some specific examples from the cognitive distortions I went through before, showing what it all looks like together. Let's say you make an error. If your thought is a cognitive distortion of overgeneralization, you'll make a global assumption from one incident. Your thought might be, I'm just not good enough. The resulting action? You avoid something where you could practice and you could get better instead. So not doing the thing. And the ultimate results from that are not getting better at something when you could have, in fact, gotten better. Another example. If you have a lot of shoulds, another distortion, you'll think something like, I should stay in this career because it's prestigious and I shouldn't quit to do something new. Action. You'll avoid the steps to take, to explore, and go for something new. Ultimate result? No career change if you're avoiding the steps that you need to take. Last example, maybe you've been turning around an idea for a new career or a business for a long time, but when you start really thinking about it more seriously, the fortune telling distortion takes over and you predict the future. It'll never work, I can't do that. Resulting action, again, not taking the steps forward to move with the idea. Ultimate result, no career change or no business. So these examples all show avoidance as the result of these thoughts. Not doing the thing. Not taking the steps you could take. And that's because most career changes don't happen because somebody did not take the actions. It's rare for someone to come to me and say, I have this goal and I've been doing all these things for so long and it's not happening. More often, what I hear is, I have this goal, but I'm not doing anything about it. Out of fear. And that's all understandable, but the fear isn't, isn't always such a mystery. It starts in your thoughts. And those thoughts are often cognitive distortions. They're not actually based in fact. They're not necessarily 100% true. And dealing with that fear isn't always such a mystery either. Recognize the thoughts and take charge of them. You'll likely feel better. And when you feel better, you take those positive actions and you give yourself a shot at the results you ultimately want. So our emotions can be a runaway train and so can our thoughts. But if we start seeing the link between the two, we're less at the mercy of those being in charge, and we can be more in charge of what we think, how we feel, and how we act. So the most important thing to take away here is how much of everything really starts in your mind with your thoughts. So start paying attention to what the patterns might be in your own mind. I hope this was helpful. You can Come join me on Instagram at Curate the Future.